not going to yell like last week, going to be more soothing, more gentle, like a waterfall as I gently guide you out of your hangover. Wake up, damn it! He's a conquistador, Dave Height. He's a maestro, Kevin Crane. It is time for the weekend edition of Sports Frenzy 2.0 taping here on October the 26th, 2022. This will hit Saturday morning, October the 29th, 2022, hitting about the same time as your hangover. But we're here to get you through. Yep. Go get a cup of coffee. Settle in. Enjoy what we're going to tell you to listen to, what to watch. Maybe you don't want to listen to some of this music right away because it's a little hard. It could be. That's what she said. But look at it this way. Kind of like Hair of the Dog in a music way. There you go. (laughs) All right. We have to start off, of course, as always, with rock and roll. And we have to start off with our concert review from last Friday night. Yes. We we took my two boys, your nephews, up to Kalamazoo to see Queensryche open for Judas Priest. Now, we saw Judas Priest about a year ago. Yep. In Grand Rapids. With Sabaton. So we got a different opening act. We have seen Queensryche before opening for Scorpions right. years ago. But we were intrigued to see what kind of set list Judas Priest was going to come out with, considering it only been a year. Right. And we've been burned on stuff like that before, Dave and I infamously <clears throat> have seen Poison three years in a row at one point about a decade in the past. Yeah, just we saw them because we wanted to see them, and they had Cinderella opening for them. One year. One year. That was the first year. The next year, we had to go back because Dokken opened, or no, was Rat. I think it was both. I think it might have been both. No, it was one, one year, and then the next year, Sebastian Bach, and then the other. Okay. So, so the double up was with the Sebastian double up Bach. was with Sebastian okay. Bach. So we went to see the opening acts after the first year. That's Unfortunately, right. Poison never changed their set list over the three years. Never. It was the same stuff, the same tired rumblings in between. So we left early in Poison the third year. Yeah. Yeah, rarely do we ever do that, but in this case, it was warranted. Yeah, I think it was excusable. Yeah. Now, first, of course, was Queensryche. Played eight songs in their opening set. Uh, The sound for them in Wings Event Center was not the best. No. But I blame them for part of it, the band. Yeah. For sure. Very, it was their, their sound person did not have things set up very well. Well, plus, Queensryche is trying to be more, in my opinion, of a modern hard rock band than the more nuanced, creative force that they had been. Yeah, back with Jeff Tate in the 90s. Um, and the set list. Now, you, as we research this, 
you were actually impressed that they at least tried to go back in the annals. Yeah, they they definitely changed it up. It wasn't all the typical fare, all their big hits. They went a little deep on things, which was kind of interesting. Not something that an opening act is known to do. Usually, if you're an opener, you're going to hit the big highlights. Right. And, of course, the two biggest albums from Queensryche are Operation Mind Crime and Empire. Only got the one song, the title track off of Empire. Yeah. My favorite. One of the greatest songs of all time, in my humble opinion. Yeah, it, it's phenomenal song. And then from Operation Mind Crime, towards the end of the set, we got The Needle Lies, and then they closed out with Eyes of a Stranger. But with the, the sound being just a little bit off like it was, it took me about a minute before I actually realized they were playing Eyes of a Stranger. Yeah, that was, defi- that was definitely a hard one to pick up. But outside of that, they played one new song off of Digital Noise Alliance, which we just recently reviewed here Yep, on the weekend edition. They played Behind the Walls, which, which you like. Yeah, which I thought was the best song on the album. And then all the, the other four songs out of the eight song set were all going way, way back in time. Um, you had Queen of the Reich, of course, which they tend to play almost every night. Yeah. Of the initial Queensryche EP. Couple songs off the warning, warning, and, and enforce. enforce, and then rage for order. Towards the end, we got screaming in digital. So again, if you want, we had some guys screaming behind us. <laughs> Play the old stuff. Well, they did. They did, but he just didn't. Not he wanted the old stuff. The, he wanted. He wanted Empire. He wanted yeah. Jet City Woman. He wanted Silent Lucidity. He wanted another rainy night without you. Yeah, uh, and I, it, part of me does empathize with him. Yeah, it would have been nice to at least get Jet City Woman. That should have been in there for I could, sure. I could live with that silent lucidity. If That's I ever fine. hear silent lucidity again, it will be too soon. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't hate it that much. But. Well, no, but it's it's getting up there. I would have actually thought they'd played at least another track or two off of the new album at least one more right um so it was an okay set um but again i didn't like the sound quality of course dave and i when we reviewed roger klein here recently talked about how great it was to be able to understand the lyrics to get a nice clear sound yes Granted, we're talking about 200 people at that show versus 5,000 maybe at this show. Yeah. But that's where the noise... the That's the, where the your sound, sound people, tech makes their the, money. The sound engineers, the producers, they, they make their money. They've got to make it so that we can hear it. Yeah. We and, can understand the words. And this is one of the rare ones where the drum overrode almost everything else usually the guitars are what are popped up this one for some reason the drums were the overriding and i didn't get that at all but now as is often the case when you go from the opening act to the headliner 
different sound people come in, more speakers are used. Yeah. Because of course they have agreements where they say, we'll let you use this amount of the sound system, but we get the whole sound system. Right. When we come on as the headliner. So the sound was much better for Judas Priest. Yep. All right. Let's break it down. Queen's Rack set. So you want to judge them separately? Let's judge them separately. I really can't go more than two frenzies. Yeah, that's where I'm at. And that's actually what the boys put it at. They were disappointed with the sound. Yeah. Not abysmal, but not good by any stretch of the imagination. Right. We've heard worse. Yep. But we've definitely heard better, especially out of Judas Priest. Now, as I mentioned, to set this whole thing up, saw them last year. Part one, the early part of this 50 years of Judas Priest, 50 heavy metal years yeah. anniversary tour. First time we'd ever seen them was last year. Yeah. So, of course. And then the boys heard they were coming back around and wanted to go again. Now, why did we bring up Poison? Why do we keep alluding to the fact we just saw them last year? Because Judas Priest did it right. They understand what their fans want and appreciate. And they also understand that the same people who saw them last year are probably going to catch them back on the next time around. Yep. Especially when you consider that Grand Rapids and Kalamazoo are only 30 minutes apart. So, completely different set list, except for a couple notable, acceptable exceptions. Number one, yes. the encore, the last three songs were exactly the same. Both times we got Hellbent for Leather, Breaking the Law, Living After Midnight. Yep. With the inflatable bull. Yeah, it was awesome. The, the, the motorcycle. motorcycle coming out for Hellbent. Yeah. You don't mess it's with perfection. It's the standards. Those, you have to close out with those. Right. But. Now, the third track in the main part of the set stayed the same. Yeah, you got another thing coming. Which is fine. It's great right They've there. They've got to play it. They That's the one they... They have got to play that. I'm sorry, but they have got to play that. Now, they flipped the Hellion and Electric Eye. Yep, it had been in the encore last year. This time around, it was right at the beginning. Which I like better. Yeah. Again, I like the, the flow better with this, this set list where you go Hellion, Electric Eye, and then you go Riding on the Wind, which is, of course, off of... Screaming for vengeance, then you get you've got another thing coming. Yeah. So I was in heaven because I one of my favorite albums of all time. The first CD I ever bought <laughs> was Screaming for Vengeance. So I've already got three songs deep right off the bat. Right. That's where it now writing on the wind was different. Yeah. They did not play that play last that year. Last year. Now the rest of it's completely different. And this was beautiful because it we it wasn't the same. We got to hear some fantastic stuff, and it was thoroughly enjoyable. Well, your your boy Nick 
two two songs he adores. <laughs> last time around, he got the one. He got Painkiller last year. This year, going in, we talked that we heard, you know, they were switching things up. And Nick said he wanted to hear Halls of Valhalla. And damned if they didn't play it. They opening chords i look over and he's looking at me with this big old shit eating grin on his face he was so damn happy with that one so again not going to compare and contrast outside of the fact that when we tell you that they completely changed the set you've got to believe us and you've got to believe that we were ecstatic about it i got yeah. the one song that i didn't get Last time around, they finally played Heading Out to the Highway. Yeah. And they played Screaming for Vengeance this time, oh, which we yes. didn't get yes. last time. Yes. So it was great to have had a completely different set. I wish more bands would do this. Especially bands like Judas Priest, who have all these albums, all the... We talked about Def, Def Leppard. Leppard could take a very big hint from this they have such a vast catalog but they're pigeonholed into the same damn songs over and over break it up journey's Please. another one journey, journey does the journey's same thing got more than enough where they could skip a couple of the the quote-unquote hits yeah and dig a little deeper into an album like escape or evolution right so I agree with you completely. I mean, we they did a really great job of splitting up the best stuff in their catalog over both shows here yeah. in 2022 and then going back to 2021. Looking here, we've got both set lists in front of us. Great stuff from last year. Um, Skip Turbo completely, the album Turbo this year. Yeah, Nothing off did. of Turbo. I was surprised to hear Jawbreaker off of Defenders of the Faith. Um, whereas last year we got Free Wheel Burning um, off of that album. So it was just a nice mix. And then we got the Green Man Alishi this year. Whereas yeah. <laughs> last year I was like, where's the Green Man Alishi? Well, here we go. We so, got it this time. When Again, last time I'll say it, kids. They completely changed the set list. Yeah. Except this... for what we said. The few exceptions we noted. Yeah. And, of course, the sound was good. Halford sounded great. It was it was what you would hope for. 18 songs exactly, both shows. Yeah. It, it's what you would hope for from the Priest. They did not disappoint at no. all. No, you put the two shows together, and I would almost like to have them on a double, triple, whatever CD oh god yeah wow that would be fantastic like metallica when we saw metallica years ago and they gave you access to the the show and you could burn a copy of it yeah i would kind of like to see something like that here with judas priest i would really love that to be able to cool. burn and keep both of these shows yeah because they were so different Again, except for the encore and a couple other minor tweaks. Yeah. No, that's just done so well, done right. I got no complaints at all. 
I'll give it three and a half frenzies. I went three and a half as well. The boys, of course, giddy to see them again, went, both went four. There you go. You're not going to get much more of a rousing group of recommendations than that, people. Yeah, if you get a chance to see the priest, And, of course, at the end, the priest will Will be be back. back. But now it's time to focus on new music. Yep. We got an album and a couple of songs for you. The new album from Skid Row. Brand new lead singer, The Gang's All Here. Ten tracks. I got to tell you, I needed this album. I needed this album. This album rocked from start to finish. There was not a song on here I didn't like. No, it's varying varying levels of quality, but none of them falling below pretty damn good. Yeah. You know, pretty damn good to awesome. That's how I looked at it, yeah. And they finally got a singer comparable to Sebastian Bach. Yeah, and I, I I don't mean to say this as any kind of a degradation. The album struck me as Sebastian Bach era Skid Row Light. Yes. Didn't quite have it, the lyrical depth. As great as he is, not quite to the levels of the legendary Sebastian Bach. Right. But it's again, as close as they've gotten since. Right. And, oh, my God, starting off with Hell or High Water. Great song. Great song. This is one of my top ones on here. And this harkened back to old school Skid Row first album type stuff. Yeah, Most of it did for me. Yeah. Most of it did for me. But starting off, you knew, yeah, yeah, this is, this could have been left off the first album. Yep, yep. And then, of course, we've talked about the gang's all here, the title track. Yep, Tricky Little Vicky makes her return from Rattlesnake Shake. (laughs) Yep, yep. Another solid song. song. Now, I've heard, seen reviews, read reviews, where, of course, there's always going to be haters, and they didn't like, again, we talk about the lyrics on uh, Slave to the Grind, which is an exceptional, classic, legendary album. Yeah. Underappreciated. Okay, the lyrics here are not up to that level, but we get to track three, Not Dead Yet. I love, love the line. (laughs) You don't throw dirt on an open open casket. That's right. That's Uh, just so rock and roll. It is. So rock and roll. And then we get Time Bomb. Of course, we review that. Yep. Very solid. Resurrected was pretty good. Yep. Catchy. Very catchy. Yep. Nowhere Fast is fine. Yep. When the Lights Come On is another solid track. Yep. Almost sounds like a little more tame version of Get the Fuck Out. Yeah. (laughs) Almost. And then Tear It Down. Boom. Grows on you, man. Tear It Down grows on you. That became one of my top ones on here. Yep. So good. Then you kind of get their ballad, October Song. Which is fine. I like it. I like it. It's a catchy little tune. Yep. And then they rocked it out with World on Fire. Yep. Yep. Solid from start to finish. I will say this is the album we need right now. For sure. So this is a hearkening back to the 80s, to the, the time of Motley Crue, 
and Rat out of the cellar and shout at the devil. The albums you could depend on from start to finish. Not let not a bad down. song in the batch. Unbelievably pleasantly surprised. I will give the gangs all here three and a half frenzies. Boom. Right on target with my rating of it I as well. I could see this, this definitely is... being in the top five at the end of the year. Yes, for Maybe sure. Maybe the latter part. This was still. a solid run. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Yep. Almost like welcoming back an old friend. Yes. Even though it's not Sebastian Bach. It's like Sebastian Bach's kid brother decided to stop by. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 the vocals finally... They've got vocals that harken back. And I did happen to get, as you listen to it on Spotify, you get them deciding when the album is over what to listen to next. And they were putting on some of the the skid row from before this, but after Sebastian Bach. And it just doesn't compare. It doesn't, no. It lacks completely. And that's when I heard Resurrected. I was wondering if that wasn't kind of a subtle nod to say, okay, we know what you want. We effed We up. are back again. How you like us. Yeah. How you've wanted us. We are resurrected, even though our man, Sebastian Bach, is gone. Yep. We know the sound that you want. Yeah. And we're giving it to you. Cannot recommend the gang's all here anymore. For you metalheads out there. No. So good. All right. And I tell you what, quality level is not going to drop too much here. I'm very excited about most of the music this week. Very excited. Our boys that we saw earlier this year, one of those new breakout <laughs> bands for us here on Sports Frenzy, the Rival Sons. Oh, man. Their new song, Nobody Wants to Die. Oh, up off the upcoming album, Dark Fighter. This is a nice rock and blues. It is the video, beautiful. If you catch the video on YouTube, it's got a, a Quentin Tarantino vibe going. It's awesome beyond belief. Yeah. Rival Sons are fantastic. I feel like we're catching this band, and there's probably people out there, we already knew about yeah. them. You shut up. They've been our band for years and years, and they have been around a They've while. They've been around a but while. But they feel like they are getting their stride. They're finally getting their due. Because this song feels like, sounds like a band that is in high gear, pushing it to 11. No problems, no faults. No. I love the line at the beginning, the preacher took off his, his collar, collar and wore it like a, a headband. headband. <laughs> that was awesome. This, to me... And again, I've been big on the Rival Sons ever since we saw them open for Greta Van Fleet. This, three and a half. Three I and mean, a half. Agreed. This is solid, solid stuff. Again, looking forward to, as Dave mentioned, Dark Fighter coming out next year. This, it's going to be tricky because it's technically a 2022 song. Will I slip it in in the top five for 2022? Uh, Will I wait, wait. for 2023? We may wait for the full album. We'll It'll see. be tough. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. It, it's in the running for, for song. All right. The Scarecrow Deluxe Edition is coming out, I believe, next week. 
Yeah. And we all know how much I love deluxe del- editions and re The money grabs. <clears throat> but I do love to hear these unreleased tracks that come out of the vaults. Yeah. From these bands, these performers that I love. So we get Carolina Shag from the sessions for Scarecrow from John Cougar Mellencamp. Yep. This, I liked this one. Surprisingly, it's fun fun. because again, he's become a grumpy old man. Yes, this is this is just a fun song to dance to. I could actually picture Roger Klein and the Peacemakers doing a cover of this. It's kind of got that vibe. It's got that party-ish vibe where you're just hanging out and grooving and enjoying yourself. Yep. Now that you say that, makes me think that maybe. Again, a lot of these songs coming out of the vaults from these artists aren't produced to the fullest, you know? Yeah. They go to a point, they decide they're not going to put uh, them on the we're album. Not, so we're not going to shore if it you've up. Gotten we're not the full force of his band at that time. It. That, that band, Kenny Aronoff, Larry Crane, those guys behind him, if you brought them a little bit more to the forefront, like you said, make it a little more of a rocking song, could have been a classic. Yeah. Could have been a classic. It, it had the beginnings of what could have been one of his top. This could have been one of the top three songs on that album easily. But again, you look at the vibe on Scarecrow. Not maybe, quite. It could have maybe, gone on a different album. Maybe he figured, you know, you already had R-O-C-K on there. You didn't need another one of those. Yeah, you do. Come on. <laughs> That being said, three frenzies for me for Carolina Shag. I thought this is the kind of stuff that I want to hear from these, again, from these bands. Get in the vaults, Wolfgang. Find me some old Van Halen. I know it's out there. Pull the shit together, kid. Get with your uncle, Alex. Figure it out. All right, finally. Going back in time. Another Lost track, another lost nugget. A voice from the grave, if you want to put it that way. Queen, Face It Alone, featuring Freddie Mercury. This one I wasn't sure with the beginning because it was almost sounded like Hotel California meets Don't Come Round Here No More. In an odd little mix, just with the drum beat and then the way the guitars kind of kicked in. It had that little bit of a vibe. It was great to hear his voice again. It was. And it was stronger. Of course, this comes from the sessions for The Miracle. So we're going back well over. Way, way back. Almost 30 years. Um I don't know, again, when we talk about these songs from the vault, this is, I don't know if this was a fully formed, fully produced track, although his vocals are crystal clear. They I are. think we needed another, you got an early guitar solo from Brian May. I would have liked another one towards the end, yeah. a little bit more fierce to give it a little more backbone. Yeah, I. it was a little mo- monotone on the singing so it definitely could have used a little bit more production i wasn't 
as over the moon on this one as I was the others. But still, that being said, it's still a solid two and a half. I'm well, gonna go that two. might be that I'm might be hard. Two. two and a half might be hard. I'm gonna so. go two. I'm doing I'm doing two frenzies on this. Um, a maybe strong I'm, two. A strong, strong two. two. Maybe I went a little bit just because hearing Freddie again might have been the best, but which was eerie but so cool. Yeah, all at the same time. All right, quick music news here before we wrap up segment one. Big news breaking today as Motley Crue and Def Leppard get ready to embark on the 2023 international part of their stadium tour. It was the day we all knew was coming, but didn't want to acknowledge that it could happen. Guitarist Mick Mars for Motley Crue will not be touring anymore with the band. He has said he will be more than happy to stay with the band when it comes to any kind of studio work they want to do. A replacement has not been named yet for the 2023 tour. No, arthritis has kicked in way too much, making it impossible for him to tour. And then finally, as we wrap up this segment, I want to give, believe it or not, don't hit me. Don't slap me. I'm, I'm actually <laughs> sober and sane when I say this. Props to our president, Joe Biden, for actually saying he is looking to do something about quote-unquote junk fees, including concert ticket fees. He <laughs> listens to this show. damn time. Uncle Joe listens to Sports Frenzy. We all know this pricing crap is out of control all the stupid ass fees unacceptable what will actually be done yeah this is a yeah we'll see stay tuned kids we'll be right back when your day of dealing with international intrigue is over and you've settled down in your aston martin call up sports frenzy 2.0 on your phone or smart car stereo Every Thursday, Kevin Dave will take your mind off the megalomaniac who just had a laser pointed at your genitals with the best sports criticism around. And don't forget to listen to the weekend edition every Saturday so you can plan out your entertainment options with the femme fatale of your choice. Grab a martini, shaken, not stirred, and check out Frenzy. Sports Frenzy 2.0. It's Halloween weekend, kids. Here we are at Sports Frenzy, the weekend edition. October 26th, we're recording. This will hit the 29th. It's movie time with me, the Conquistador Dave Height. And me, the maestro, Kevin Crane. On Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Amazon, Audible, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, and Stitcher! Movies, TV, and streaming coming your way this segment, kids. We didn't have technically a horror movie to review for you, but no, the more... movie Beast has some elements It's of more suspense. Movies. Lots of suspense. It tries to be one of those creature movies going back to 
Jaws, Grizzly. The uh, what was the one with Val Kilmer and Michael Douglas? The other lion. Oh, um, Heart of Darkness. Something in the darkness. Yeah, it was Heart of Darkness. So, Beast, which was out in the theaters about three or four months ago, involves Idris Elba and his two daughters going to visit the home territory of their dead mother, hooking up with their old friend from back in college, yep. Charlotte Copley, as he has got an itinerary set up for them to show them around the area. Yep, take them on a little, little safari, show them the animals, show them where their mother kind of grew up, hung out, where the three of them together kind of became friends and did their thing out there. So, of course... It's the estranged father and daughters. Right. And of course, you've got the, again, like we go back to Jaws, we go back to Grizzly, we go back to those classic old school creature features, if you want to call them that, where the the animal is not necessarily supernatural but seems to have a little bit more strength a little bit more obsession with killing than the normal yeah it's it's not really giving anything away no no where you can't figure lion, out the fact that a lion's killing people in this you're crazy yeah the lion is the survi lone survivor from the pride that was attacked by poachers and basically, he's out for revenge on all humans. Yep. But again, that's all you get. There is no explanation as to why, beyond that, that this line is a relentless killing machine that seems to be able to sustain more damage and more harm than a normal lion would. Again, it harkens back to previous movies like this right with other types of animals other Where types of creatures overriding you think you've killed it it's coming back yeah yeah i think you killed it again it, it's it's the, the animal Myers. version of michael Myers. <laughs> we reviewed halloween ends last week this is the animal version of michael myers yes you can wrap it up michael myers jason Voorhees, freddy krueger yep now, I mentioned at the beginning... Evil never dies, it just changes form. That's not the only horror movie convention that this movie Beast kind of bows its head to. It also has stupid behavior. Yes. Especially yes, from the daughters. Does. The daughters God. were a little much. Now, Idris Elba, as the father, does a great job. He, he is written into the script as a doctor yeah so a lot of the things that he does obviously make sense he's able to heal patch up stop the bleeding on yeah. a lot of the wounds he's able to do the triage stuff and you and... know that he's a doctor so it makes sense yeah it's not far-fetched but for of what course he you've does. got the two whining 
bitchy snowflake kids. Strong-headed, I know best, blah, 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 who one do of the, the dumbest things. One of the dumbest lines I've ever heard in a movie uttered in Beast. When they find one of the poachers' trucks, and there are no keys, but all the poachers are scattered, either being eaten or running from this lion. He goes, Idris Elba goes, checks out, the, can't start it, no keys. He goes back to tell his girls, I've got to find the poacher. I remember what he was wearing. If I find him, I know he's got the keys. Come back, <laughs> start the thing up. The daughter, the youngest daughter goes, well, can't you hotwire it? And Idris Elba <laughs> goes, no, I didn't learn that in school. The daughter comes back with, well, couldn't you have double majored or something? <laughs> that was freaking stupid. That was literally the point where I was like, okay, this will never be a great movie with dialogue like this. Yeah, that was just bad. And he's trying to reconcile with his two daughters. I literally, if that would have been my daughter, turned to her and said, shut the fuck up. That what? was one of the dumbest things you could have ever How said to me. How stupid are you? Seriously. Come on. I don't care if I'm trying to mend fences with you. You're an idiot. Yes. The special effects are great, I thought. The, the, the lion special, looked the phenomenal. The was fantastic. You can tell this is a lower budget movie, though, because it. there are a couple panoramic shots where I'm sure they did have to take the whole cast down to Africa, but you can tell most of it was filmed on a soundstage. Oh, yeah. Um, but well, I would say it's a competent, well-put-together, not spectacular... It, it's entertaining. Not a waste of your time. No. I would give it two and a half frenzies. Two and a half is right where it belongs. The the end fight with the lion and Elba. Little, yeah, little, little, little bit unbelievable. unbelievable. Little bit unbelievable. They, yeah. they, they let it go a little too long before the penultimate moment. Agree completely. Agree completely. The As you say it so well, without spoiling, the penultimate moment should have happened about 30 seconds sooner. At least. At least. Yes. Yes, I agree completely. Agree completely. Yeah, because he would have been dead. He would yeah. have been dead. They're, dead they're, as a doornail. He sh basically, based on what we saw, should have been dead as a doornail. Right, because they they let that whole thing go much longer than it really should realistically. have. Realistically, because the way it ended, the way it was set up, it wouldn't have gotten to that point. It was a smart idea to have that climax end the way it did. But again, had to have happened a little bit sooner, a little yeah. bit quicker. Yeah. To make it a little more feasible. Yeah. A little bit more believable. Right. Not a terrible movie. No, Not it wasn't movie. horrible. It's entertaining. Yep. Better than some of the crap we've reviewed oh here recently. God. Like yes. uh, last week. Yeah. Watch Beast before you watch Halloween Ends. I didn't even want to read the article, but I saw an article today oh, about the director trying to explain why, why he did I didn't want did. to focus 
on Laurie Strode and Michael Myers for the final chapter of Halloween. That's the whole freaking point, you stupid moron. My God, how dumb are you? How clueless are you? The whole point of it ending is it started with them and has to end with them. Oh my god. I'm gonna, Dave, I was I, getting an aneurysm reading that article. I'm going to finish off the James Bond series, but I'm going to focus on Money Penny. <laughs> Good god. What the Again, Hollywood and the people that inhabit that bizarre upside-down world. Egocentric. Again, it made absolutely no sense what this idiot director was spewing. All right, so movie news before we move on to a little bit of TV and streaming. I'm going to tread lightly here because you and I talked about this. Of course, Black Adam has been out for almost a week now. As this hits on Saturday morning, it's been out for over a week. Right. And I mentioned that there were rumors of a major DC character cameo in Black Adam. Yes. I'm not sure if I should... It's already out there. I don't know if I... I would like to discuss it, but it would kind of be a spoiler. It would, although neither of us have seen it, and I don't think we really have plans to see it in the near future. And it's not a shocking... It, it was predictable, I think the actor is more not shocking but interesting than the cameo itself. So here's your warning. Here's a spoiler alert. As much as we want you to listen, plug your ears for the next earmuffs. Earmuffs. For 30 seconds. So it looks like at the end, setting up the sequel to Black Adam, Superman. Oh, there's a shock. I know. Superman confronts Black... But... Who's playing Henry Cavill is back. Is he? After they said they weren't going to go down that road anymore and he was going to go off and do other things, Henry Cavill has been brought back. They bring him back because I know he's still doing The Witcher as well. And Enola Holmes, too. And Enola Holmes. So, very cool. Henry Cavill is back. Nice. And then, of course, the rumors are... These have been out there for a while. That Ben Affleck <laughs> is actually going to come back as Batman in the next Aquaman movie. Do so we maybe, really need Aquaman? I was going to say, don't say I like Ben Affleck as Batman. I was going to say, but, but Aquaman. Do we need I, Aquaman really? But it's as bad <laughs> as most people seem to think a lot of those movies are, and they are. It's we dec- admired Zack Snyder's four-hour Justice League. Oh hell yeah! So, stick with what you've got. Stick, stick with Henry with Cavill. Stick with Ben Affleck. Follow just, your the Robert Pattinson stuff through. is Robert Pattinson stuff is completely different. Just like the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, right? Were. You have a story arc going. Stick with the cast you have in play. Gal Gadot, you still got her as Wonder Woman. Yep. So God, you still got Ezra Miller to deal with, though. <sighs> You got to recast that shit. You got two different cyborgs. Of course, you got the cyborg from Justice League as well as the one from Doom Patrol. 
So yeah. there are parallel storylines, parallel universes going on here. You can tweak things around. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Quantumania, the trailer is out. I have not gotten to see it yet. Interesting. I will not say good or bad. Just interesting. Although it is obviously hear... setting up phase six. It's obviously, this is phase five, setting it's up phase six. Phase six into high gear. Yeah. Because we are introduced to Kang the Conqueror in the trailer for Quantumania. There Other than go. that, it's just an odd, odd trailer. An odd trailer. Somebody that you and I both love and admire when it comes to these comic book movies that we have talked about recently. How he did a great job with Guardians of the Galaxy. How he did a great job with Peacemaker. Zack Snyder. No. No, I'm no. messing with I, you. <laughs> James uh, Gunn. The Jam great and glorious James Gunn, the man who should be running all comic book movies. Well, now he pretty much is on one side. James Gunn, along with Peter Saffron, I don't know who that is, have been named co-CEOs and co-chairman of DC Studios. Whoa! So I don't know if we're going to see wow. Peter Gunn involved, or James Gunn, James Peter Gunn. Gunn. Da, 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 <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> James Gunn probably is done at Marvel. Wow. After we get the... Uh, After we get Guardians. The, the Guardians uh, 3 and the Christmas special. Wow. Yeah. James Gunn going DC. Holy crap. Well, they had to do something because they are lagging so badly. Well, the first thing I thought of was I was trying to think of characters that his style would benefit. First thing I thought of was Lobo. Oh, my God. Lobo would be good. Another intergalactic miscreant type superhero like the Guardians. Yeah. Um, but, of course... <clears throat> Whoever was going to get him was going to get the best guy when it comes to comic book movies. And that little brief cancel culture thing that he fought back on along with the cast of Guardians. Yeah. Good for him. Good that he is now and back you know, and succeeding. And you know, Disney said, fine, bye-bye. So they can do things their way instead of the right way. And I tell you what, that's, I think you're right. And I think that scares me for the future. As much as they want to say they're going to let Deadpool go as far as it normally would with the rat involved, I don't, I don't completely buy it. believe it. I don't buy I it. I don't at completely all. believe it. All right. Since we just talked about the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, let's move on to TV and streaming. <sighs> Disney Plus has now released a trailer. It's coming out on November the 25th, the full holiday special featuring the Guardians. This is not a spoiler, obviously, since no. it's a trailer. Kevin Bacon 
is the focus of this holiday special? <laughs> I don't Go, again, know. I'm not spoiling anything. This is the trailer. Drax Drax helps. Is it Manta or Mantis? The girl with the Yeah, Mantis. Those two go off in a quest to find the ultimate Christmas present for Peter Quill as he is despondent because Gamora has left. <laughs> oh, God. For some reason, they get it in their heads that Kevin Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> because of Footloose. <laughs> Kevin Bacon would be the ultimate present for Peter Quill for To Christmas. teach him how to dance like he did in Footloose. Oh, my God. Yeah, the rest of the Guardians make very limited appearances. Groot and Rocket, I'm sure we'll see more of them later on. This has the bad Star Wars Christmas special written all over but it. But again, this is one of the last things that James Gunn will end up doing oh, God. for Marvel, so maybe it could be good. It's okay, because here's my prediction. Here's my I just dumped Disney+, Plus, by the way, because I don't care. I, I'm I'm not giving the rat any more money right now. I've yet to subscribe. My prediction. Everybody out there in podcast land, the conquistador will be a subscriber to Disney Plus in time by the for... end of November. And I here's am... why. My here's kids. why. No, 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 no. No, I believe you can hold your kids off. Your wife is the problem. She doesn't want to spend any more money on anything. Oh, wait. I'm not done yet. November the 20th. Exclusively on Disney Plus. Live streaming. Barry Manilow in concert. Elton John's final concert from Dodger Stadium. Yeah, I don't think she's going to bite on that. You're not going to tell her, are you? I will, but she won't bite on it. She's not going to spend the money to get it for that. Really? No. But she would for Barry Manilow? Probably. Oh, there's something messed up about that. <laughs> she's a she's a Manilow fan. That fanatic. was her. You wanted to say fanatic. She is. <laughs> that was her first concert. She's seen Elton John a couple of times already okay Not i figured this deal. is the final elton john concert it, it in all of history no it's she wouldn't bite on it special i she asked there are special guests involved i supposedly. don't care she won't do it okay i doubt she would spend the money on it for barry manilow either i'm gonna be coming over at the end of november and i'm just to find out if you've got <laughs> disney plus just to find out if you've got disney plus Oh, Harley the dog accidentally stepped on the remote yeah, and signed no. us up. No, nope, not going <laughs> to do it. The boys have been talking about it, but no. I have no plans in the near future to do anything with Disney+. Plus. Okay. Maybe once we finally get a freaking Punisher show. That ain't happening. We so. just talked about the fact that we don't even know if they're going to let Ryan Reynolds run loose in Deadpool 3. Yeah, I know. All right, now, did you ever see the movie Sausage Party? Oh, God, yeah. Was it any good? I never saw it. 
it had its moments. It wasn't great. Well, Amazon Prime thinks it was good enough where they're now going to commission an animated series based oh, on the movie Sus Party. <laughs> no. No. The not so subtle. No. Sexual innuendo known as Sausage Party. It wasn't all that. It had a few moments, but well, of course it features the most overrated hack in comedy today, Seth Rogen. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. I know he, people he love peaked, him. He peaked as Dirty Randy on the league. Yeah. Yep. That and Pineapple Express, and that's it. That's it. The rest of it. Green Hornet wasn't horrendous. I've never watched Green Hornet. To me, that's blasphemy. It blasphemy. wasn't horrendous. All right. Maybe I'll have to check it out. But... <sighs> We've talked about streaming services. Uh, they're trying to gouge you, of course. Disney's added fees. Disney's price structure changing now. Now you'll have to pay the same for the with ad version that you're paying for now. Without. Without. Money grubbing bastards. Well, even though I don't know anybody that has Apple TV Plus, they've decided. They're going to jack the prices up on that. I heard it's going to go up to $69 a year. Well, monthly five to seven. Again, I don't know anybody that has it. I can't believe the content on there is that good where it's even worth $5, let alone seven. Yeah. No. I've seen one show on there that looked interesting to me. M. Night Shyamalan's series, and, and that's it. Hell, I won't even get Hulu. Oh, Hulu's the worst. People swear by Hulu, and I'm like, why? 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 Because you get FX on Hulu. Whoop-dee-doo. Reruns of ABC shows. Hell, I won't even shell out the money for freaking Paramount. Come on. I get Paramount and Showtime at a very nice price. Thank you very much. Good for you. And guess what's coming on Showtime this weekend, buddy? The new Fletch movie. Well, there you go. Have fun with it. I will. I will. Me and John Hamm will have a good time together. Good, baby. You can get flow. I was going to say, we're going to play Moon <laughs> River together. Using the whole fist there, John? <laughs> flow will double up you both. I did watch the first episode of The Peripheral on Amazon Prime. Of course, this is that sci-fi show coming from the minds behind the Westworld. Yeah. HBO series based on a William Gibson novel. That looked like it could go either way. First episode was good. I, I will continue watching. Um, visually, very interesting. The, the world... When you go in the VR world that uh, Chloe Grace Moretz goes into, huge statues. They're just awesome to look at all over the place. It's very cool. It harkens too much to freaking Avatar. I have never seen Avatar, so how am I going to even say anything about that? Just the previews and trailers we've seen. There are not blue skinned people in it, are there? How would I know? 
You just said you saw the previews. Did you see any blue skin people? No, I mean from Avatar with the whole VR alternate reality bullshit. I'm going to be talking about that in a few minutes, by the way, once we get to our dumbasses. Finally, wrapping up TV and streaming. I have been cutting back on my wrestling. You'll notice I haven't talked a lot about wrestling. It's been a while. I would like to point out a monumental moment in wrestling happened last night, though, as we tape here on October the 26th. On NXT, which is the WWE's kind of developmental show. Okay. On USA on Tuesday night where the younger ones train to become the superstars of tomorrow on Monday and Friday nights. So there's a faction called the schism where it's kind of a cult, you know, kind of a creepy <laughs> cult thing. They, oh, they God, recruited, they're starting them they already. recruited a new member who had this smiley face mask on. And we did. We could tell it was a woman, but we couldn't tell who it was. And so the leader of the schism, Joe Gacy, basically says, "This is all from. I did not watch it. Okay, this is all from a story I read." Basically says, "If you want to join the schism, if you are with us, take your mask off. Otherwise, you are against us." So this woman takes her mask off. It turns out it is The Rock's daughter. <laughs> oh, God. Her real name is Simone Johnson, but she will be on NXT as Ava Rain. Okay. So, and is this going to tie into the Young Rock TV show at some point? Well, she's now fourth generation. You realize that now. Yeah, I know. This makes four generations, generations of wrestlers of, in that family. In the Johnson family, yes. It's just interesting. It's, it's an interesting story, Dave. It is. I will give you that. Just makes you wonder. Does anybody ever break away from the whole wrestling Doesn't thing? seem like it, does it? The Flares? The McMahons? It just seems like it's in their blood, and once Don't see one of them gets out of the in Hogan becomes... clan, that's true. That's true. And I actually do have a very sad story coming up in our moments of silence involving another wrestling family. But a lot of these families, yeah, Bret Hart's family, you're in it. You're in it. Yeah. Very intriguing. All right, that's going to do it for segment two, kids. Segment three coming up, as I mentioned, Moments of Silence and Red Foreman Dumbasses of the Week. Dave will play Dumbass or Not. It's our favorite segment. Come on. We are going to need an entire segment to get through these Moments of Silence as well as the Red Foreman Dumbasses of the Week. So hang out through one more promo. Dave and I will be right back. Mm, yes. Listen, you will, to Sports Frenzy 2.0, oh, you must. March to learn from the maestro and conquistador there is for entertainment every Saturday. 
on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Apple, and everywhere are they found. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Sports Frenzy 2.0, the weekend edition. He's a conquistador, Dave Height. He's the maestro, Kevin Crane. Taping here on October the 26th, 2022. This will hit October the 29th, Saturday morning. Unfortunately, here, segment three, we start off with many moments of silence. Way too many, and probably among the most tragic and heart-wrenching for any family, Joanna and Lucy Simon, the sisters of famous singer Carly Simon, both passed away a day apart one October 19th, the other the 20th, both of cancer, but different types. That's, I can't imagine something like that. No, that's uh, one of those sad, bizarre twists of fate that, yeah. uh, that life just throws at you. Yeah, so thoughts and prayers to all of their family and friends. Yeah, it doesn't matter how you feel. I know I complained about Carly Simon getting in the Hall of Fame this year, the Rock Hall of Fame, but. I mean, this is just something completely different and completely ridiculous and uncalled for. Yeah. So next up, just recent, Leslie Jordan, comedian and actor, always had the bit roles, probably most notable of late for having done his COVID podcast stuff, but he'd been on Will and Grace driving along had a medical issue happen and he crashed his car and passed away as a result now for you and i in terms of the old school stuff he's also been on he had been on peewee's playhouse yep the fall guy and night court yep lots of bit roles throughout the years uh yeah sad stuff happening uh i mentioned in the last segment, alluded to something that happened tragically in the the world of wrestling. Found out a couple days ago, believe this happened within the last few weeks, uh, Kevin Nash, the WWE Hall of Famer, his son, 26-year-old Tristan Nash, passed away after having a seizure from alcohol withdrawal. Both Ugh. Kevin and his son, Tristan, were trying to get rid of the, the habit, kick the habit. Both gone cold turkey, uh, straight alcohol withdrawal. And unfortunately, uh, the younger Tristan could not, his body could not handle it. Um, from what I read, had a seizure in his bedroom, Kevin found in the got the paramedics there, but could not resuscitate. Um, and, you know, Dave and I clown around and talk about how we have beers while we're recording the podcast. But we also condemn things like we had earlier this year with Ann Heche. Um, We both know, Dave and I both know people, young people who died directly due to alcohol. Um, and so when Kevin Nash comes out and says 
basically that alcohol is evil and it will get you, it will bite you. He is not joking around. No. He is not We've just blowing smoke. If you cannot control it, if you do not know how much you can drink, when you can drink, if it, you can drink, you cannot drink. Yeah. If, you know, we have a couple of beers while doing this over, what was it? We do it like five hours, six hours where we're recording the weekend edition here on our regular sports moment. And we'll have three or four beers over the course of those six hours. And, you know, occasional with dinner, but it's not all consuming. And we've known too many people, family members, and close friends who have passed as a result of that's all they did. Yep. And we're not talking about, we're talking, well, we are talking about, I know older people, I know younger people, but the younger people, like here, what we're talking about with Tristan Ash. When it's somebody in their 30s, their 20s, that succumb, it, it is a disease. It, it is. is. When they succumb and they fall into that trap at such a young age, it is unbelievably heartbreaking. And as much as you can tell them you need to stop Sometimes they can't, sometimes they won't. Yeah. And even though they might know that you mean well, that you're you're looking out for their best interest, you're still they can't give it up. Yeah. Ugh. All right, moving on to rock and roll. Original bass player for Ario Speedwagon. Greg Philbin passed away. Greg Philbin was the bass player on the first six studio albums for REO Speedwagon. And I believe his last album was the live album, You Get What You Play For. Yeah. Right when REO was starting to... Tell me if you have heard this before. This <laughs> tragic, classic rock and roll tale. Philbin leaves the band. Bruce Hall comes in. Classic Boom. lineup is set. Next thing you know, you get you tune a piano, but you, you can't, can't tune, tune a, a fish. fish. And then and they high infidelity, right and they become one of the biggest rock bands of the 1980s. Timing. Yep. You've seen it in a lot of the bands from the 70s and the 80s. Yep. Journey comes to mind. Greg Rowley leaving after Steve Perry pretty much forced his way in and took over as lead singer. Boom. Um, but it was nice to see Kevin Cronin, who was in the band with Greg Philbin briefly, um, posting about Greg Philbin's uh, passing, saying that never discount the contributions he made to Aria Speedwagon, just because he wasn't there through the big hit songs and the big hit albums he laid mean, the foundation doesn't mean that he didn't have a major impact on the ario speedwagon sound yeah so rest in peace greg philbin yep and then a little nostalgia for us jules bass producer of rudolph the red-nosed reindeer 
and a lot of those holiday stop action animated puppety shows passed away. So thoughts and prayers to his family and friends. Yeah. Yeah. The year without a Santa Claus, I think was one of his. Yep. Uh, was it here comes Peter Cottontail and all of those. A lot of those shows that we watched as kids. Yep. Yep. It's amazing when we see that's the kind of stuff that really makes me nostalgic. Yeah. And I just, I sit there and I look at the kids nowadays and the world they're growing up in versus what we grew up in when we had the simple pleasures like that. Yeah. And now give me the VR, give me the VR. Where's my phone? Where's my phone? Yeah. Good times, kids. Yeah. How we long for the simple days. All Since right. now we're in a bad mood because we start thinking about bratty snowflake children. Pivot. It is time to play dumb ass or not with the conquistador. We love this segment, kids. The Red Foreman Dumb Asses of the Week. But because we have so many, we're going to play America's favorite game show, Dumbass or Not, with one David Height. All right, maestro. First, con first contestant. I'm going to start off a little slow with stuff I've already alluded to, and then we'll build. Last segment, I mentioned James Gunn taking over as co-chair of DC Studios. Yep. And, of course, you worked an avatar <laughs> reference somehow into this whole thing, which I still am, I, I can't figure out why, but you had prescience. You, you had foreshadowing because dumbass number one this week, or not, is one James Cameron. He of Avatar fame. Joining the ranks of Martin Scorsese, Ridley Scott, Francis Ford Coppola, and your favorite, the director of Year of the Dog, Jane Campion, <laughs> as saying, the Marvel and DC movies are garbage. Mr. Cameron specifically says the characters, quote, act like they're in college. Unquote. Now, when I look at this list of names, <sighs> I see James Cameron, who, Overrated can't, who can't figure out a way to make a movie, but every 10 years. Martin Scorsese, who can only make movies with Robert De Niro as a gangster, where they say, fuck every five seconds. And of course, Jane Campion. Who gave us the piece of dog shit. <laughs> So, I, all these, you can take them as a collective. Cameron was the one specifically that came out this week. Yeah. Look at the source. Look at what they do. They're pompous. Hollywood kisses their ass for no reason at all. Most people do not fully enjoy what they do. Everybody loves a good comic book action movie. 
we don't all want to have to think and go down these deep, dark roads. A lot of times we just want to be entertained and have fun. I I don't even want to go that far with it because you almost disparage us by saying we don't want to think. I love a great, intelligent, well-written movie, but when's the last time any of these people put out a great, intelligent, well-written movie? Exactly. Martin Scorsese's last movie, they thought so much of it, it only appeared on Netflix. And it was like four hours long, The Irishman. Yeah, and I didn't bother with it because that's the only type of thing he can do. He cannot Cameron do t- anything when other he was than a younger, gangster movie. When Cameron was younger, yes, he put out great movies. He had some good stuff, but he's become stuck in his own mind. With this Avatar thing. Yeah. Really, he has not been able to do anything outside of Avatar for how long? 15, 20 years? Yeah, and then he has to reboot it and give it a makeover and all this other crap. Ridley Scott, eh, at times, at he's times, hit and miss. He's been miss more than hit of late. Oh, by the way, I want to let you know for Christmas, I'm buying you a DVD copy of The Year of the Dog. Oh, so I can take it to the range for target practice? <laughs> Pull! Boom! <laughs> so, dumbasses or not? Oh, they're dumbasses. Pretentious dumbasses. All right, we were talking off mic as we were prepping for Sports Frenzy this week about one Matthew Perry. As more of these excerpts and more of these quotes and these anecdotes come out from his autobiography, he comes off as more and more of a pretentious douchebag. Could he be any more bitter about his career? But I saved the worst for this week. I was going to save this for the music segment, but we ran out of time. So I've moved it to the dumbass segment. Personally, personally disgusting to me. He's ripped on Keanu Reeves. Made some kind of awful quote about, what was it? Because his buddy River Phoenix passed away, and his thing was, and Keanu still walks among us. His whole thing, every time anybody he's worked with passed away, in his book he goes, and Keanu still walks among us. What the hell is your problem with Keanu Reeves, Mr. Perry? Who, by all accounts, is one of the nicest guys in Hollywood. And believe me, there aren't that many. Just because he's been able to get more gigs than you? Because you're set typecast. You're one because trick pony. Your yeah. I mean, let's face it. Almost heroes with uh, Chris Farley. Not great. And what the the movies with Bruce Willis, the whole five yards, the whole ten yards, whatever. Yeah, the... Sorry, nope. No nope. fools rush in with what was it, Salma Hayek? Yeah. No. Sorry, sorry, Matthew. Keanu's got you. Much John more entertaining. Wick. He's John Wick. Come on. So why don't you just get a ticket and go to Yemen? 
But again, I saved the worst for dumbass or not. In 1990, while filming the short-lived TV series Sydney with one Valerie Bertinelli, Mr. Perry, in his autobiography, brags about how he was over at the Van Halen house one night. Mr. Edward Van Halen passed out, so Mr. Perry decided to make a move and make out with Valerie Bertinelli with Eddie Van Halen 10 feet away. Mr. Perry is getting really close to getting a seat on the, on the plane, plane of, of doom, doom for that stunt. Not cool. Not cool at all. Oh, but when they went back to work on the show, she didn't acknowledge him in any way, shape, or form. So one wonders how much truth there is to this story. Yeah. Because he go. claims she reciprocated. Yeah, right. It was a drug-induced dream, I'm sure. You fuck with my man's wife. You don't do that. Dipshit. Dumbass. Could I be any more of an asshole? You do it better than me. So is he a dumbass? Yeah, he's a dumbass. All right, two for two. Going back in time. Back in time. Back, back, back. Remember in the early 70s, the Oscars where Marlon Brando won Best Actor but chose not to show up and accept the award. So he sent American Indian Sasheen Littlefeather to accept the yes. award on his behalf. Yes. In some kind of a protest for... Yeah, and everybody was up in arms and all the big leading actors were making fun of her and everything else. Yeah. Well, it turns out that her sisters have come forward to say she is not American Indian. She is not an Apache. She does not have American Indian blood in her really? at all. She's actually half Mexican. And they are calling this whole thing ethnic fraud. Wow. Why is it taking so damn long for them to come forward with this? Again, probably because she's dead. We talked about this last week with Anna Ferris. Isn't it after, convenient? After Ivan Reitman dies, she talks about how he sexually harassed her. Isn't it convenient when nobody's around to defend themselves? Now, in this case, though, you probably the family there is would genetics know. involved. Yeah, but why do you wait so long? So that's you, pathetic. That sounds to me like you're saying no dumbass here. 
Who, who's the dumbass? The sisters for coming out now? I was going to say for the original. the original for portraying herself as such. I was going to say that, but... Yes. Okay. Okay. Not trying to steer you down that path. Well, everybody is. For her for doing it and her sisters for taking so damn long to come out and bring it to light. Fair enough. Back to rock and roll. Chrissy Hind. We all know how much you and I love Chrissy Hind and the Pretenders. Not. Couple good songs. Couple good songs. But beyond that, again, the whole thing we talked about with Ario Speedwagon and Styx and Boston and Foreigner, who should all be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ahead of the Pretenders. Agreed. Of course, Chrissy Hind went on a solo tour recently and then she made a big stink about the fact that she was not going to play any more of the pretenders hits so she ended up playing small venues now she didn't go on tour with the pretenders this was just right her. just her right trying to do her own stuff that nobody really cares about or likes in small small venues with like 200 people kind of like what we just yeah. saw roger klein in now, number one, this isn't even the part where I'm calling her a dumbass, but she in this article, this interview, number one, she says, well, she's bitching and pissing and moaning. I lost money on this whole thing because, you know, I can't really make money 200 people at $40 a head. You know, what am I supposed to do? Go back and start living like I did back in the 70s and 80s, living out of a van and setting up my own equipment. No, we're still going to live in luxury hotels in between stops. And anyway, pretentious, again, another pretentious celebrity, dumbass. A pretentious celebrity. But here's the part where I, the vindictiveness towards the fans is where I get upset. When she was asked about, well, what's your response to the fans that wanted to hear you play? you know, back on the chain gang or, or brass in pocket, your biggest hits with the pretenders. She, she says, quote, more fool you, unquote, for not going out to see the pretenders. You had 40 years, so it's your fault, not mine. Completely out of touch. She doesn't recognize what got her there. And it doesn't matter if people saw the pretenders back in the day or not. Those are the songs she is known for. If you go to see her, that's what you expect her to sing. Such a clueless twit. The complete dumbass. Yeah, you know, I don't like that attitude. I don't care if it's it's Chrissy Hind. I don't care if it's Roger Waters. You know, if you don't want to hear me talk about politics, then just leave right now. That type of stuff. The, the arrogant, arrogant entitlement that these people have. Actors, directors, yeah. musicians is I unbelievable. I pay to see you entertain me. I don't pay to hear you spout your beliefs. All right, now, 
I'm sure there's people out there that that seem to think that all I do is pick on CNN and Democrats, left-wingers and progressives. So here you go. Right-wing reporter Laura Logan oh my God. went off the rails recently on Newsmax, who actually had to take the extreme measure of banning her from their network as she went on a rant about the government in general and their actions saying things like, an open border is equivalent to Satan taking us over. <laughs> oh my God. And there is an elite cabal out there that wants us eating bugs while they drink the blood of children. She said all this on air during a show on Newsmax. And obviously she's had a psychotic breakdown. She's had, I know she's had trauma in her life. But come she on. She was a reporter years ago who was molested and, and assaulted. Oh, yeah. Overseas in the Middle East. But this stuff is just ridiculous and unforgivable. That's bad. That's bad on so many levels. I mean, her and ye. God, oh, God, that. And the thing is, he comes up, uh, Kanye. I'm not calling him Yee no, anymore. No, Kanye has become the biggest dumbass over the last And the, the sad thing is, if he would stay away from the anti-Semitic stuff, people might listen to him, but he undermines and undercuts anything remotely intelligent he might say otherwise. Yeah. He, with his hatred. Yeah. There, there are times where he's coherent and makes a hell of a lot of sense. And then he goes off the freaking rails as a dumbass and completely cuts himself off from any sane person. And he's losing a lot of people in terms of his and there's a agency and yeah. ads. And, and it's, it's taken some time for some of them to have dropped him. Yep. Yep. It's, yeah, nobody really rushed out and dropped him immediately. They actually took a step back, analyzed what he said and the way he doubled down. They had to get everything lined up to be able to drop him without any repercussions. Yep. All right, I saved the best for last. The best for last. Sticking with Hollywood, of course, one of the most powerful and dumbest unions in the country, SAG-AFTRA, Screen Actors Guild, came out this past week and said, Congress must pass the Crown Act. What, you may ask, Dave, is the Crown Act? What is the Crown Act, Kevin? The Crown Act forbids discrimination based on hairstyle and texture. <laughs> because, of course, they claim... Oh, my God, that is so damn stupid. Oh, because, but, of course, they claim that it's more about, you know, African-Americans 
having different hairstyles than white people. That is the dumbest thing I think I've ever heard come out of Hollywood. And they say a lot of dumb stuff. Oh my God, that is absolutely pathetic. Well, good thing is I look over at you with your bald shaved head and I know you won't have to deal with the crown act. Damn straight. <laughs> my God, that is so damn dumb. <laughs> and you just, when you think they can't drain any more water out of the stupid pool, they figure out a way to do it. Yep. Yes, they do. God, those egomaniacal dumbasses. So just remember, kids, if you don't get what you want, you can claim hair discrimination. <laughs> you don't like the texture of my hair. That's why you won't give me that extra latte ground cappuccino half-calf. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's got to be it. We got to wrap I this up. I don't know. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah, that last one could pretty much give anybody an aneurysm. Oh, my God. I feel the vein in my temple throbbing right now. <laughs> He's a conquistador, Dave Height. He's the maestro, Kevin Crane. And Sports Frenzy will be back. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with us here on the weekend edition. Listen to Skid Row. Definitely listen to that. Listen to the new John Mellencamp. Rival Carolina Sons. Shag, Rival Sons for sure. Check out Beast if you've got nothing better to do. Not bad. Not a waste of time. No. But feel free to, to watch a classic movie that we've recommended in the past. Yep. Shoot us a recommendation or two. We'd be more than happy to take it. Yep. Next week, new music from Alter Bridge. Brand new album, Pawns and Kings. New song from Mammoth WVH. Other stuff. Take care. We will talk to you next week.